Hello, folks. This is Princess. You are listening to the Millennial Mustard Seed Podcast. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to share with your friends. It's tough. We're in a very tough spot. I think that what we're doing right now is of great benefit and virtue because it's an end around between this whole corrupt informational system, media system. We claim to believe in a God who spoke the universe into existence and literally raised himself from the dead. And yet we're not going to believe that anything else exists in the spirit realm, even though his word tells us that they do. Their bodies weren't permitted to go to sleep like humans do. And they weren't permitted to go to heaven. So they wander the earth. You know, I've seen the eyes turn black to unknown tongues being spoken. These giants would live way up in the highland. The young graves, the young men would hide up in the trees and wait for one of these 12 footers to come walking down the path and they would jump on them and kill them and drag them back to the village and the village would feast on the body. Then people start to get weapons, they start to get armor, they start to build cities, they start to fortify their cities. Now, God looks down and there's violence everywhere. The battle, this war that we are at, is not against each other. It's against these principalities and these rulers and these archons in the high places. It's really worthwhile to read the Bible yourself. Fear is one of the primary drivers of mind control because we have to take every thought captive and resist fear. You're going to have a testimony that is a justice case against the kingdom of darkness. Welcome back to the Millennial Mustard Seed Podcast. I'm your host, Rod, and thank you for being here. I am joined by Chris Price from the Camp Herman Podcast. And this is a really cool inside conversation where we share some personal stories never talked about on air before. We dive into some strange Bible verses and just commentary on some of the strange American history, like Hitler, what really happened after World War II. It's really just an open conversation between me and Chris where we're able to talk about difficult topics, but also share some humor, insights, and comments, which I know you're going to find edifying and interesting. The whole Camp Herman crew, which consists of Chris Price, Tori Peterson, Mike Stibbs, Dr. Judd Burton, and Enoch Putris, all have been working as a team to release documentaries. More to come over time, but right now the Bell Witch Project can be found on Mike Stibbs' YouTube channel, Project Revelation, which I highly recommend that you guys go and check out. For the month of May here, I'm going to be very busy. I have quite a number of interviews lined up. Dr. Laura Sanger is going to be joining me on the 18th of this month for what's kind of turning into be an annual birthday interview, which is awesome. If you guys have any questions for her, check the show notes where you can find the email address to reach me, as well as a bunch of other awesome information. And I'll also be appearing on a few other podcasts that are scheduled for this month where I'm going to be getting interviewed. 
that's kind of cool. Thank you to everybody who's been listening and supporting this podcast. I would ask that you guys would go leave me that five-star rating and review if you have not already. And please consider helping this ministry grow by doing a very small donation. You can donate $5 a month through the Spotify for Podcasters link found in the show notes. And I also leave my Cash App tag and Venmo tag there if you would like to help me grow the equipment, the post-production, anything helps. For the people who commented asking what the song is that I've been playing at the end of each episode ever since Bo Kennedy joined us from the Bump Podcast, the band is called Bluegrass Gospel at Heart out of Mingo County, West Virginia. The writer of that particular song is an old-time preacher, Ray Messer Jr. Hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. I really hope it blesses you guys. I think that song is anointed and it is an honor to be able to share that here on the podcast. But I'm not going to waste any more time. I'm ready to jump into this episode. Are you guys ready? Let's go! Welcome back to the show, everybody. I have an awesome episode in store for you guys. I have Chris Price here from Camp Vermont. Chris, it's an honor to have you here with me, brother. Yeah, right. Absolutely, man. I'm, I'm happy to be here, bro. This is going to be a great conversation, and I love what you guys are doing over there at the Camp Herman. So to be able to have this opportunity to talk with you, man, and just share thoughts and just kind of wing it, really, because... That's what I do here on the show, and it <laughs> seems to work, I guess. People keep listening. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love it. I love the the authenticity, and that's kind of like our thing, too. Dude, I'm, I try to be as authentic as possible. I'm a goofball. Like, generally, yeah. I like to have fun, but have, like, deep conversations at the same time. I think that's fun. And so, like, what we're doing with Camp Herman, that's us, man. Like, we're... Yeah. We're just trying to be genuine and authentic. You know, we're not, we're not playing characters. You know, there's other podcasts out there where they're playing characters on a show, you know, and that may not be who they are in real life or behind the scenes, but we are who we are, you know? Do you want to give a quick plug before we jump into this episode and just kind of let people know where they can find you quick and everybody that's on your team over there? Yeah, so the the podcast is Camp Herman. Our website is campherman.com, but we're we're on just about all of the the major podcast platforms, so pretty much just about wherever you listen, you can find Camp Herman podcast. We're a crew of 5, primarily Tori and I on the podcast. Dr. Judd Burton is our scholar in residence, and so he he joins us from time to time. So we love whenever we get to have Dr. Judd on because that man is just such a wealth of knowledge. You talk about authenticity. He is himself. That is Dr. Judd. I've I've spent some time with him uh, in Merkel, Texas, and he's as he's just as genuine and straight up as they come. Just such a great guy. And two other guys that I have to say that are, are genuine. I haven't I haven't met them in person, but just you know from spending a good amount of time talking with them on the phone and and FaceTiming and being on Zooms. Mike Stibbs and uh, Enoch Putris. Mike's basically our creative director, more or less. When I when I met Mike, 
I asked him to be a part of what we're doing. He said, okay, well, let's, let's collab on one project, see how we work together. And then if everyone's cool, we'll, we'll talk about it. And that project was the documentary that we did on the Bell Witch Project. That's on Mike Stibbs' YouTube channel, Project Revelation. And so that went well. That was great. And so he had agreed to come on board. And I said, Mike, I, I work for you now. You you tell me what to do. <laughs> I mean, I technically started Camp Herman, but from the beginning, I wanted it to be a collaborative effort. And so I'm just like, okay, who is kind of you know good at what they do or who can come alongside me and really help me? I've, I've never been the type of person that likes to do stuff by myself. I always like to have teammates or whatever. So Mike Stibbs agreed to come on and he said he's going to be, what did he say? Oh, his Belichick to my Brady, you know, he's going to kind of, you know, he's going to coach us and help, you know, help kind of guide and, and lead as a kind of the creative director. So that's, that's such a blessing, man, to have him involved. And then with Enoch Putris, I honestly forget how we first connected. We might've connected through Jerry with the, the strange o'clock podcast. I think she, some kind of way we might've met through her and, and some of the stuff that she's been doing. And we just, we started talking like months and months ago. And and he was telling me about his like channel, the rundown of our reality. And then I start watching his videos. And when I watch his videos, I'm like, bro, I have so many questions. So I'm hitting him up with questions. And I think our average conversation, whenever we would talk would be about an hour and a half to two hours. <laughs> Whenever yes. I would call him <laughs> yeah, <you know. laughs> and I'm just like, oh man, he's, he's amazing. And yeah. So at some point, I don't know. I was just like, do you want to come on board? Like with his background, with his basically as a professional broadcasting background, as far as being like behind the camera, you know, editing and all that kind of stuff, producing and editing and writing. And so I, you know, I was like, Hey man, we'd love to have you join us and and he he agreed to come on board and so yeah he's our he's our producer but what i love about this crew that we have is everybody's willing to kind of do whatever to help make this you know successful as far as wanting to contribute and and pitch in it's a great group yeah it really is a great group and i i just enjoy listening to your show and talking with you and with Enoch and Mike Stibbs, you know, did the trailer for the millennial mustard seed. That was like a big deal for me because I'm like, it was so well done. And it was kind of like reality, like, Oh, I'm watching this trailer on a screen now, you know, cause it's always right. audio with me. And, and then Enoch, just as much as he has sharpened me and just opened my eyes to things I haven't really thought about. And then he's actually like, no, you're keeping up with me. I'm like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> like, I'm like about to go sit fetal position in the corner over here. He's like, no, you're doing fine. And I'm like, ah, oh. so right. he, he's awesome to just jog yeah. your you know, memory and creativity and learning with. And I've never gotten, well, actually, um, when we did that episode, Jerry put together with William Ramsey, the end of last year is actually the first time I seen Tori and she's just a sweetheart. You know, you can yeah. really just tell she just has this gentleness to her and inquisitiveness and she's just not afraid to say what she's thinking. 
the whole crew amazing so it's my yeah. honor to have you here bro seriously oh man yeah no i love it and i was gonna say kind of the the best for last tori she's fantastic man and she is sweet she is kind but she can be a firecracker too <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's kind of a, that's kind of a side that uh that we get to see behind the scenes she has an eye for detail when it comes to just like graphics uh, she mm. does the episode art that we post um oh, she kind of so puts cool. she puts that together and she's designing merch right now she has a really keen eye for detail with that kind of stuff because if it were me bro i'm just like throw something together and be like <laughs> ah, that, that looks good enough you know <laughs> yeah and you can really see it like I, I seen you did the drop with cryptid soap and then kevlar joe's coffee Everybody's just willing to do whatever it takes to bring this community together of like-minded believers who are not afraid to talk about strange things in the Bible. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's, it's about community and fellowship. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's, that's what's so important. And one of the reasons why we, we started is we wanted to have a place for people in this kind of fringe Christian space to be able to to have community and to be to feel comfortable enough to have these weird conversations and be open enough to talk about experiences they had. And so we invite people to come on to share experiences. I mean, we've had we've had Tim on who's in Australia who is a satanic ritual abuse survivor and he reached out, he wanted to tell his story and I believe there's power in our testimonies because the enemy wants us to, to, to keep quiet. He wants us to shut up and not share even just kind of the, even the trauma and the weird stuff exactly. or even in, in the victories and the good stuff, he wants us to just shut up and be quiet. Yeah. And so, yeah, we we're open to have people come on and, and tell their stories because it's about a, that person being able to share what's happened to them. And there's, I think there's some, there's some healing that can come there. It can be it can be cathartic and be sometimes when we share what we've been through, it testifies to the goodness of God because he's what he's brought us through and whatever healing, however far we are on kind of our healing journey, it testifies to his his goodness and his love for us. And you never know who's going to hear that testimony and is going to be encouraged by it. Or what the Lord, how the Lord is going to speak to him through through those testimonies. I hear that even on the mustard seed over here, just because sometimes taking the journey, you're reflecting about things that happened in the past. Because all the time, I'm learning about stuff where I'm like, "Oh, that was sleep paralysis, or that was this night terror." We are the church, so we're not afraid to talk about this. And and the numbers grow. More people are stepping out. They're listening to shows like this, and they're joining the communities like this. And that's exciting for me because it feels more like family when you're with somebody where I can be like, yo, Chris, dealing with this, or what are your thoughts on this verse? And to not get shunned or you know, right. treated like a right. weird, like you live most of your life like that. And you're going to have some weird quirks at times where you're like, are you sure you still want to be my friend? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> a lot it, of those types of conversations, man, it, it's hard to have them these days. It is about almost anything. Yeah. Politics, religion. I mean, anything that where there might be like a little bit of controversy or yeah. differing opinions, people have been so conditioned yes. to get upset and then not want to listen. Whereas like for us, I feel like 
because we're open-minded, we're open to like, okay, this Bible stuff, it might be a little different than maybe if you grew up in church, what you heard, you know, from the pulpit. And we can get into this if you want, but I I know why they don't talk about these things in the church. And unfortunately, it has it primarily has to do with their bottom line. It's a dollars and cents issue, primarily, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Sadly, a lot of churches have been, they're kind of relegated to just being all about business, so to speak, as opposed to being about the father's business. Um, and I think they might even have good intentions. Yeah. But being uncomfortable to talk about the real like stuff from scripture that's just just weird man like yeah. Genesis 6:4 and the Nephilim and the sons of God and I mean there's all kinds of kind of weird stuff that that a lot of pastors will stray away from and it's because one of the reasons I'm not saying it's the only reason but if yeah. they openly preach some of this stuff is are people going to leave yeah. is that money that's going to walk out the door and when when you've got an industry set up, you're now worried about paying your bills and your staff paying their bills and all that kind of stuff. So then you kind of start worrying about money. We have to have fear for the Lord and his word and the truth that's in there and no fear of man. And and I think a lot of the times we are systematically desensitized from the truth of the spirit realm. And a lot of the times I've noticed people have trouble believing their own story. The, the things that they went through because they're just trained to be like, nope, be quiet, put that on the back burner and go to work. Make sure you don't have less than 40 this week. And actually we need overtime because I want to go on a cruise, honey. Right. And it's like, we just get like kind of tossed into this life where the generations before us and the church has not really slowed down and showed us these key things that I believe key things in the scripture but I feel like they're looking for people that are sequacious, easy to go with the flow, just easy to be led so they can get the money and make a business. But that's not right. what we're looking to do. We are looking to put God first, to go to the Bible and ask weird questions. Not being, The Bible's not going to disappear if we ask anything about it, you guys. You don't have to be like, oh, no, you, you can't go there and read that verse. If it's in the Bible and it's weird, Chuck Misley used to say this, and I loved it. He's like, if it's strange. It's important. <laughs> right. I think Heiser, Heiser used to say yeah, that Heiser too, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, one of the things that I heard, or I think it was, a, it was a post that he had done from his Facebook page like a few years ago, and it really blessed me because at the time, the church I was in, great church. I mean, the the preaching on Sunday, the preaching and teaching was expository, so verse by verse really good. And when it, when it would get to some of the, the weirder stuff, um, he would, uh, the pastor would talk about it. He wouldn't go like in depth on it, but he would give people a couple of points of view and then say like, yeah, go, if you want to study that deeper, go and dig into that. So he didn't shy away from it, which I thought was a good approach, but he didn't dig into that stuff as much as I 
would have liked. And even, you know, some, I tried talking about different things like with the divine council worldview and the origin of like demons and the nature of like angels and all this kind of stuff in like small groups. But it's like, it's so new and different to a lot of people and the way that they've been kind of programmed to like Mm. think Mm -hmm. it's hard for them to like grasp a lot of it. And so I was frustrated in this church because I'm like, man, I wanted like, I want to go deeper with this stuff, but there's not a lot of people around me that, that I can do that with at that time. And that's why I love these online communities like you have and like we have and other people have, because it provides that outlet for us to like have these conversations and to go deeper. But Heiser, he, he posted on Facebook and I'm paraphrasing, but he basically was saying like, if all you get out of your church congregation is fellowship, that's enough because you can get good Bible teaching elsewhere. Like there's so many resources, like with the Naked Bible podcast with, you know, Heiser had before he passed and the millennial mustard seed and, and other, you know, pastors that are putting out their sermons. Like you can get, you can get it. Chuck Missler stuff. Yeah. But what you can't get from those is Good fellowship. that flesh and blood community. Wow. That fellowship that we need, like we need to be in the presence of, of other men and other, you know, couples and families to, to mm-hmm. hug on and to, to pray with and to just share our lives with. So I would encourage anyone who's listening and, and they're like, yeah, man, I'm, there's just, my church doesn't talk about this stuff. Well, if you have fellowship, then you can get, you can get the, the kind of the meat, you can get it elsewhere. And so that really blessed me. And I was like, okay, okay. So now I'm from that moment, as I kind of like wrestled with that and chewed on it, I've come to this place where I'm really content now because I have, I get that fellowship. I get to, to be in the same room with other believers to worship the Lord together. And yet the the word is good, but that fellowship and worshiping together, man, there's, there's nothing like it. So that's good enough. I needed to hear that. If that helps one person, Chris, if this episode, you know, it gets down, lose people listen, but if somebody actually turns back to the house of the Lord, just like David in the, in the Psalms, he, he was like, I'm going to the house of the Lord and I'm going mm-hmm. to make a loud noise, right? I'm going to go and I'm going to shout and I'm going to be yes. there and I'm going <laughs> to and just have that fellowship and camaraderie in the Philadelphia, the brotherly love. If it yeah. just helps one person, then, then it's worth all the prep, all the editing, all, you know, just yeah. everything. it's worth it. Yeah. Can I, can I share something else that I think is, is kind of relevant Absolutely. to that? And I, I Absolutely. think it's important and it, there's going to be other people that are listening and they're like, yeah, I mean, you don't, you don't know what happened to me at church. I'm never stepping foot into a fellowship again. And, you know, there's a term kind of Christianese term called like church hurt. And I just want to share something that happened to me and I've, I still struggle with it a little bit. And because this happened like years and years ago in my first marriage, bro, one of the pastors at our church was tr- like, tried to hook up with my wife, like at the time. And, and it was a situation where she was weak in that moment. 
nothing like nothing physically happened, but just some like inappropriate messages back and forth. This guy was basically like a wolf in sheep's clothing. He was like the marriage and family pastor at our church. And I remember being so hurt. They tried to keep the guy on staff. They they tried to kind of like keep it a secret what he had, what he tried to do. And I'm like, that's, that's just, that's not right. You can't do that. You can't have someone who's actively trying to hook up with the wives of members in your church and then keep them on staff. And the pastor at the time, like I had known this guy for a long time. Like he was in college when I was in high school and I'd gotten, I'd gotten saved in this church. So I was really hurt that he didn't like have my back. He wanted to protect, you know, this pastor that he was kind of grooming and and raising up. And so like, I was really hurt because that situation ended up ending like my marriage. She, she left and we got divorced and I was, I was in a dark place for, for months and months after that. And I didn't go to church for, for a while. And even when I did start going to church again, because I love the church, bro, love the church, missed the church. But I was, when I went back, I was so hurt that I just didn't, tr- I didn't trust pastors. Like I, I'm like, I still to this day won't call, you know, sometimes you call them like, you know, pastor so-and-so I call them by their first name. I'm like, I don't, I don't even refer to them as pastor because I used to put these people up on like a pedestal, you know, like they're special or different or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm still kind of working through some of it for people who've maybe experienced like church hurt. I just want to encourage those people like, don't, don't let that keep you away from the church because another thing that the enemy loves to do is to get us isolated because uh, what is it? What does the word say? Three stranded cord is not easily broken, right? Like we yeah. are better together. We are stronger together. Yes. Um, when we're by ourselves, we're typically like weak and just get beat up. So I just, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox about that. I just wanted to, wanted to share that, but um, it's, it's important that we, that we fellowship and that we be a part of a community. That's actually really important because this is the place for that. Vicki Joy told me, she's like, man, this is a place for people to be able to come on here and just share what you're going through. It's going to reach somebody else. It's going to open somebody else's eyes. It may be a word they need to hear. So I just am so malleable and graceful in these areas where if that's what's going to help somebody and you've already said one thing that's helped me on this episode so (laughs) we're making a difference (laughs) it's doing what it's supposed to do and that's why there's no shame in this game man and that's with no uh, overhead with no co-pastor being like excuse me you can't bring that up on your recording (laughs) it's like right but but i will share real quick one church you know scenario that had hindered my family significantly. Um, and this is before my time. So just, this will just go to show, and this may help a listener too. There, there may be other people out there that are dealing with something similar to this. This is even before I was born. So my dad lost his mother when he was seven years old and she was a hundred percent Italian, Roman Catholic. You know, my dad's dad was, you know, young German American, went into the military, was like a non-denominational believer who was a farmer before service. And they got married and my dad's mother, Rose, decided to pretty much become a non-denominational believer. She was an an Italian princess. Angelo Bruno, who was the only mob boss of Philadelphia ever, would come all the way out to Phoenixville, PA, because he was really good friends with um, my great-grandfather, Giuseppe. So this is like this like powerful Italian family in the Philadelphia area, you know, just because of who they knew and who they were friends with. 
And Rose is like adored by everybody, but she dies of brain cancer when my dad is seven years old. And they all rejected my dad and his, his two brothers and sister because they were mutts. They weren't hundred percent Italian and they weren't Roman Catholic. So my dad wow. carried that his whole life. My thing with church was, as I went Easter, Christmas, you know, family friends would be like really churched out. And my mom would just be like, yeah, why don't you go to youth group and stop doing graffiti at the abandoned buildings down by the railroad tracks, you know, like do something kid. And I'm like, oh, all right, I'll go check it out. So I remember even going to church at times, but there was always this like stigma of they're so fake. Be careful because my dad was so hurt. Here is like this side of his family. He shares half of their blood. And because he was not hundred percent Italian and because he was not Roman Catholic, he was literally rejected him and his, his brothers and sister their whole lives. That carried over into the way we were raised. And my mom really was the one who was getting us to church on Easter and Christmas or candlelight services for Christmas Eve and stuff like that. That was a church hurt that was generational. I didn't, wow. I didn't start going to church until I was, well, really consistently until I gave my life to the Lord in a courtroom right outside of Philadelphia, Norristown, PA. And I, I surrendered my heart and just said, okay, let's do things your way because at that time, I like gave up stuff and was trying to do what was right, but still just like stepping on the rake and it just boom right up in my face every step I took. And it wasn't until I handed my heart and humility and obedience and just a genuine broken contrite spirit to the Lord that, that my life started to shift. And I think God wants to, he really wants us to know that he is the way, the truth, and the life, not an or organization. Our family members aren't always going to be there for us. There's going to be times where you are alone, not by choice or, or by choice, but God is not going to leave our sides. He's not going right. to reject us. He's not going to cast us away. That's just a snippet of how difficult it was for me to start like a fringe Christian podcast because, you know, my elder influence, my father, he's against all of it. <laughs> So I go gung-ho and study the Bible like a madman, give my life to the Lord, start living more radically and just believing it and, and praying and really walking with the Lord and starting a podcast where I'm diving into things about the Bible. I mean, that's, that's difficult. That's, that's not easy when you don't have a support system. So what you're saying, Chris, is right. We need to see brothers dwelling together in unity. Like we, we can't be alone. We can't be alone on this process. So. I think this is like a really good transition point. I'm going to ask you, do you want to share like one of your maybe top two or three weirdest Bible verses? Yeah. Okay. So I've got one here and it's, it has to do with baptism. So if you do like a study on baptism or if you go to a church where they're talking about like water baptism, the church that I used to go to once a quarter, we had baptisms. The pastor would preach his, you know, this baptism sermon. And I've heard a lot of baptism sermons. I've done, you know, different Bible studies on baptism. And I've never heard anyone bring up this set of verses in first Peter three. Let me find a good, a good place to start here. I'll start in first uh, Peter three eighteen. It says for Christ also suffered once for sins the just for the unjust in order that he could bring you to God being put to death in the flesh, 
but made alive in the spirit, in which also he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison, who were formerly disobedient, when the patience of God waited in the days of Noah, while an ark was being constructed, in which a few, that is eight souls, were rescued through water. And also, corresponding to this, baptism now saves you. Not the removal of dirt from the flesh, but an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is at the right hand of God, having gone into heaven with angels and authorities and power having been subjected to him. So these verses, (laughs) it's, it's that parallel of water baptism to the flood. And he even talks about going to the prison, the spirits in prison. Those are the those are the fallen watchers who descended upon Mount Hermon and mated with the daughters of men, who had the Nephilim, who were their offspring, who are these the the giants, the demigods of old. That's not. I know why they don't talk about this when they talk about baptism because they don't want to get into this conversation about Nephilim and these demigods and all of Let's that, go. all of that weird stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's okay. So listeners open those, say those verses once again, Chris, where exactly were you at? It's first uh, Peter three it was at the end of the ch- of the third chapter, starting in. I just I read from verses eighteen to the end of the chapter. Go back, open First Peter three eighteen to the end of the chapter. Go read that for yourselves and pray about it and say, God, what what's really going on here? And you might be pleasantly surprised that if we ask God something in accordance with His Word, how He can give us some revelation, some insight, and and help it to connect together. So I'm going to read one. I'm, I'm going to read a weird one here myself, okay? This is Jeremiah 19, verse 9. And I will cause them to eat the flesh of their sons and the flesh of their daughters, and they shall eat everyone the flesh of his friend in the siege and straightness, wherein their enemies and they that seek their lives shall straighteneth them. That was the King James version. Um, I don't know what version this is, but I'm going to read, I'm going to read this one as well. I will make them eat the flesh of their sons and daughters, and they will eat one another's flesh because their enemies will press the siege so hard against them to destroy them. That's, that's a weird verse, man. (laughs) Jeremiah 99. I'm pretty sure Enoch might have a field day with that one. (laughs) I might send that to him after this recording. (laughs) Can I break that? Can I break that down for you? Let's go. If you go back and you look at Jeremiah, uh, if you go back in verse, like we get verse four, he says, because they have forsaken me and they have defaced this place and they have made smoke offerings in it to other gods whom they have not known, they nor their ancestors, nor the kings of Judah, and they have filled up this place with the blood of the innocent. So they're, and okay, verse five, and they have built the high places of Baal, Baal, to turn their children in the fire, burnt offerings to Baal, which I commanded not and I ordered not, and it did not come to my mind. So what's happening here is you've got the people of Israel who are sacrificing their children to Baal, Baal. So what's happening is, and I, 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 
off the top of my head, I don't know what force is coming in, but whenever Israel rejects God, God judges Israel, and those judgments you typically come in the form of an invasion, a for, foreign army coming in and taking possession of the land, even exiling, you know, taking you know, Israelites as slaves back to, yeah. you know, like Babylon. Yeah. So the siege that he's talking about, it's siege warfare, right? Like they've got their city walls. So these armies are surrounding the city. They're coming because the Lord essentially has has brought them in. It's judgment on Israel for them not only rejecting him, worshiping these false gods who are the fallen watchers, by the way, but and sacrificing their own children. He's saying, You're gonna you're gonna eat them. And what would happen in siege warfare They'd is starve you out. You would have no yeah. food. They would starve you out. I mean, yeah. people would literally they would eat wood, they would eat leather. Wow. And and when it got bad enough, they would eat their own children. What? So then this is a strong judgment yeah. coming against the people of Israel for uh for their worship of of Baal. It, it's wild in my mind that it's a declaration. <laughs> <laughs> to eat your kids. I mean, obviously we know you just kind of broke it down for us. Like, Hey, they're sacrificing their children already. You know, they're literally rejected the Lord. Even if I split verse seven and I will cause them to fall by the sword before their enemies and by the hands of them that seek their lives and their carcasses, I will give to be meat for the fowls of the heavens and for the beasts of the earth. And I will make this city desolate and the hissing everyone that path passes by shall be astonished and hiss because of all the plagues thereof. And then verse nine is, I will cause them to eat the flesh of their sons and daughters. It's, it's wild. What scares me about that also is uh, what we see going on in this nation, the perverseness, the generations are being cut off. And I say that again, because that we're seeing practices that are put up on a pedestal in this country where People actually think it's cool to transition out of what you were born as. It's so well, listen, it's bizarre. I, I mean, can't even wrap my head around it. Yeah, I mean, you're talking you're talking about the the trans yeah, the, the trans movement. But oh what we what we had, you know what you know what probably pales in comparison to the child sacrifice that was going on with abortion? Israel? Abortion in I know, this country. I know I generations. Ooh. I mean, tens of millions of of children were sacrificed over since, you know, Roe v. Wade, which is like what, like in the yeah. 70s. So for, you know, roughly 40 to 50 years. Um, and to be honest, dude, I'm, I'm an Air Force veteran. Grew up saying the Pledge of Allegiance, yeah. the national anthems, all that kind of stuff, which I'm learning now is is a form of programming and mind control and conditioning because as Christians, like I'm not, I'm not an American. I'm not white. I'm not a male. Like I'm a Christian. Like my identity is that I'm, I'm in Christ. If anyone is in Christ, you are a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become Mm. new. I am a new creation in Christ. And so I say the the veteran thing because like, man, I used to be so proud of my country and like America is the greatest country in the world. The more, Mm. the more I learn 
just about a lot of different stuff in general, the more I see, I'm like, yo, is America like Babylon? Like, are we Babylon? Because with not just like, not just abortion, but like the influences in this country are insane. It's like the more you learn and we're not talking about conspiracy theory here, right? Like we're talking about abortion. Everybody knows about abortion. You can look up the numbers of like how many babies were aborted. You can look up the fact that uh, like Planned Parenthood was selling parts of these babies to companies that are using the parts of these babies to make flavor enhancers for their beverages. Like if you're drinking a Pepsi right now, like they've, they use flavor enhancers from aborted fetuses to make, to make that flavoring for that. It's just, it's just, it's insane. And like I said, we're not, we're talking about fact. We're not talking about conspiracy theory. Look, look up, Operation Paperclip. Yes. Oh yeah. Like when Germany mm-hmm. fell at the end of World War II, we brought over so many high-ranking Nazis. They're scientists. We brought them country. over and offered them money. Warner yeah. von Braun, yep, the ton oh, of scientists. Gosh. And so they were they were put in influential positions in this yes. country and many of their grandchildren are like representatives like in their states. And, and this, the philosophies that are being handed Absolutely. down. But check this out. So, like, study eugenics too, because what they did in World War II era, like Nazi Germany, is the eugenics. Like, basically, anybody who was like mentally, mentally like handicapped, like they would kill them. Uh, if you were like homosexual, like they would, they thought you were like deranged. They would, they would kill you. Let's see, what are the other things they, they would do with eugenics, like sterilization, just all that kind of stuff. Do you know where they got their eugenics program from? Where? They got it from us. They got it from the U.S. Oh, my gosh. Look up Margaret Sanger, who was the founder of Planned Parenthood. She was a famous eugenicist. One of the reasons uh, why a vast majority of Planned Parenthoods, even to this day, are in black and brown neighborhoods is because they considered black and brown people to be inferior races. And so they wanted to try to eradicate them. Hitler got those philosophies from the US. Okay. My mind wants to go like three different ways right now. So bear with me (laughs) because (laughs) uh, I'm remembering so much like conversations I've had with like Gary Wayne and just other people and just looking into Hitler myself and just history, all of this stuff. It's not conspiracy. I actually had the definition of conspiracy pulled up here on Wikipedia. A conspiracy theory is an explanation for an event or situation that asserts the existence of a conspiracy by powerful and sinister groups, often political in motivation. I'm not going to keep reading, but that's Wikipedia on conspiracy theory. So look at the music, you guys. I've been trying to get FLF, Floodlight Forever. He's a rap artist from the West Coast on, and I kind of get like minor commitments from him. So FLF, if you're listening to this, get back to me, bro. Let's get you on here. He designated a whole YouTube channel and all of his music to exposing the Illuminati symbolism, the dark occult ritual practices in the music industry. So here again, like you're saying, Chris, it's it's not a conspiracy. It's right out in the open. It's almost like they have went from hiding from God um, to in secrecy to just straight out here we are we're ready for a war with you and your kind 
It's, it's like a de- they're making a declaration of war by stealing our children, by stealing our blessings, by stealing our mind space, by getting us confused and corrupted in, in the rat race of these systems that are slowly breaking us down to the point where we don't have much to offer at the end of the day after making everything happen just so we can survive. We don't have much fight left in us. How do we get this across to the, the church? that these topics can be covered within all of these gatherings, that we can start to look at the word of God and say, this is the full, the, the volume of the book is the truth of who Christ is. And if we know anything about the Christ, the Messiah, the Lamb of God, he overcame this world. He calls us to expose the darkness in this world. He calls us to love the Lord our God with our mind, our heart, our body, our soul, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. But yet we are bathing in entertainment. That is the opposite of that. How come, Chris, people are supporting these crazy psychopathic TV shows, but then a guy like me starts a podcast. Literally, I get people that snub me all the time. Like, oh, it's a stupid little podcast, or I don't like what you talk about. And it's like, but you'll sit there and congratulate and, oh yeah, oh, this great, you know, psycho murder TV show. And then you'll go to church on Sunday and float your hands up in the air and worship Jesus. But nobody's out here actually saying, yo, this is what the word says. And we need to be coming together. We need momentum to stand against this darkness. So sorry, I went on a rant there, man. Yeah. But I really, that's just, no, man. you know me. Come on, we talk like this off air. We talk like this on the phone. <laughs> They're just, right. you, got me, you got me in the mood, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. Well, I was just going to say like, probably more important than ever for us. Like if you call yourself a Christian to know why you believe what you believe to be solid in your your beliefs and your understanding because what has happened is there's a breakdown in what what everything is the definition of everything is questioned and it's an agenda if you want to destroy a system or if you want to start a new system across a population, like a large population, you've got to first destroy what's already there. Or even within a person, when you go into like military basic training, one aspect of military that they have to do, they want, they've got to break you down to build you back up. They want to be able to mold you and shape you. So, you know, we've got forces constantly coming against us trying to break us down and when i say forces i'm talking about like forces of evil and forces of darkness not just like people absolutely and the enemy hates us i think primarily because we're human and so everything that the enemy is doing to us the spiritual attacks how he's influencing other humans to try to to destroy us and break us down. It's all meant to dehumanize us. One aspect of us being whole in Christ is knowing what we believe and why we believe it. So there's a guy, I don't agree with everything that that he believes or that he's said, but generally overall his work, his work is great. His name is Hank Hanegraaff. And he's got a show called The Bible Answer Man. And his big books are really good. Like he's a really good uh, apologist. And so for me, like years ago, when I was trying to learn like, okay, what's like essential Christian doctrine? 
And I forget what this term is, but he'll take a word and he'll break it down. And the word is doctrine. Okay. Like, how do I know like what's, what's essential Christian doctrine? So an easy way to remember this is to take that word doctrine. D stands for the deity of Christ. O stands for original sin, the crucifixion, the Trinity, the resurrection, incarnation, new creation, and then eschatology. So yeah, check out Hank Hanegraaff's stuff because for me, I'm like when I'm when I'm thinking about essential Christian doctrine, that's a good starting point of running through those aspects of doctrine as he as he's broken it down. And he's got he's got a bunch of other ones like that for for different things that you want to remember as far as being able to communicate what you believe and remembering that stuff. That's deep, man. You're a wealth of information, wisdom, and good reference, man. <laughs> this is good. I'm going to ask you, what is the most rewarding thing that doing the podcast, what's the ripple effect that you've caught wind of that's helped you to just realize like, I'm not letting off the gas? Yeah. I'd have to say the reason why we started the podcast community. So when we set out on to do Camp Herman, we decided that the way we're going to treat people is, and this is kind of how I live my life in general. I believe in treating everybody with dignity and respect, no matter who you are, no matter what you look like. So we said, we're not going to call people fans. You know, when we talk about, oh yeah, like these are fans of our show. Like we don't, we don't even use that like language when we talk about it. When we talk about people who like we interact with, we're like, these are friends. These are our friends. These are, f so if you hear me say like a friend of the show, like that's what I mean. I'm like, it could be someone who's listening, someone who is a member of Camp Ramon and who's in like our private Facebook group. I'm like, these are my friends. So the biggest impact that I've had is being able to make these genuine connections with people that like that message me or that become members and we're interacting. For me, bro, it's all about the community. It feels really good to not feel like I'm alone. Sometimes I'm like, I don't even know with certain things if I believe this, but I'm like looking into it and it's really interesting and it's entertaining and it's strange and it's fun. But like, yeah, man, for me, it's it's all about the community. It's all about making these genuine connections and like our friendship has come out of doing Camp Ramon because I, re I remember, I forget, I think it was like one Sunday you messaged me and I just was like, I was about to drive. I had like an hour drive. So I just randomly was like, I'm going to call, I'm going to call Rod. You had messaged me. So I called you and I don't know, we were on the phone for what, like two hours or something. Yeah. <laughs> that first conversation. That's what I love about doing the podcast is developing yeah. these friendships in this, this community. I think it's amazing. I needed it, yeah. bro. I was in a place in my life because of just some really bad, you know, relational stuff where and then that church hurt for years like I didn't really have any friends and so now I'm like making these like genuine connections and and even though you know you're in PA and I'm in Tennessee and Judd is in Texas and Tori is in Kansas and Mike is in I think he's in Mon Montana Enoch is in Canada eh? <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah bro just those those connections and those relationships man have been the most impactful for wow. me the the other stuff is cool, like getting to talk to like, you know, subject matter experts yeah. and, and have those conversations. That's definitely like super fun. Getting to become friends with Dr. Judd, just amazing, yeah. you know? Wow.
so for you, you've been going at this for a few years now. Uh, has it been more than a few? Was it four or five? Yeah, it's four years for the mustard seed. Four years. It's alive yeah. <laughs> somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So like, what about you? What's had the most, the biggest impact on you these last, well, I even say these last four years, but like within the last like year or so, what's been the most impactful thing that you've experienced through doing your show? I say one of the most impactful things is I've gotten a couple messages and emails from other believers out there. I knew the moment I read what they had sent me that I had been in that exact position before, alone, broken, suicidal ideations, dealing with PTSD, just literally feeling the weight of rejection from from the world and not knowing my place. But yet, knowing there's something so much more and that uh, the anticipation for just the next chapter of life to open up. It's like, you keep hanging on. You're like, I don't want to leave, but I want to leave so bad. This place is so tough. It's so hard. And I've gotten messages from people and I would just start reading it and I would just start to drop a tear and I'd be so humble because I'd know. I know I was in that position before. To realize that God had taken me from such a broken place and was somehow allowing me to be a magnet for other people like that and to give them hope because of the hope that I have in Christ, it like blew my mind, dude. It like crushed me. Wow. Well, that's why I'm doing this. I mean, you know, I say, yeah, I'm capturing the journey. I am. And capturing the growth, it's, it's almost like a really long audio documentary of just things that I'm wondering and asking. I mean, it's not, it's just like, you know, climactical points of conversations and friendships and adventure of all this cool stuff that I think is in the Bible. I'm not ashamed of the Bible. But realizing that God had switched the tables and then was using me to reach other people that were devastated or alone or just didn't know what to do. They listened and they just said, I feel like there's something deeper and you know, there's stuff that you talked about that I just haven't heard anywhere else. It made me realize that that's who God is after. The lost, the broken, the sick, Mm -hmm. the rejected, the ones who nobody knows, you know, that's who I'm speaking for. Yeah, I know I edit, I take my time editing. People are always like, man, took you forever to release that episode. And I'm like, I'm learning my craft as I go. Autodidact, Derek Gilbert told me, self-taught and all this stuff. Nobody to teach me. So I take my time with the show and I edit and and I care about the Bible and you know some of the topics I try to bring up. I don't always have the best answers or know the context, but I'm doing it because I believe every episode has, there's something in there. There's a nugget in there, a reminder, encouragement, edification, eye-openers that somebody out there is going to hear. And if it helps just one person, that's enough of a reason for me to stay in it. Yeah. Yeah, man. And I got to say, the thing I love about your show is, again, the authenticity. You're just, you're real, you're genuine. And I love feeling like I'm going on this journey with you, with every episode (laughs) that I listen to. 
I'm still working through the the Mike Davis episode. I think I'm about I'm a little over halfway through or, or so. Mm-hmm. Man, incredible. Everything incredible. I love it, bro. As listeners, you guys are incredible. Because we all have a story. And I've had some of you guys reach out to me and I've actually scheduled a couple of interviews for towards the end of summer, right around the corner even, so that some of you guys can share your your testimonies and stories, which is heartfelt for me. And Chris, you're awesome. It's these people like you coming up and and starting a show and then collaborating and just the humility to say, I'm willing to connect. And there aren't fans. There's just other family members. And we're we're trying to find out how we can say hello (laughs) and how we can hang out and get together. And, And that's important for me too. It's very humbling. And uh, I accept your kind words, man. And I just, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for our friendship. I'm thankful for this episode right here. I know God's word never returns void. The days are drawing dark. And the light of Christ is, is shining through those who, who trust him. And I just want to encourage the listeners and, and everybody, just, just keep us in prayer. You know, pray for Chris Price over at the Camp Hermon podcast, the whole crew. You know, keep me in prayer over here. We're one big family. Keep all of us in prayer. We need the encouragement. Go like, share, subscribe to his show. Support this podcast if you guys want to give a dollar a month, five dollars a month. Help me grow this ministry. Humble, posted, ready, and willing. Because I know that God is going to continue to equip us with more people, more gift, more protection, more anointing, because we are not called to hide from the darkness, we're called to expose it and advance against it, taking every thought captive to Christ. So Chris, my last question will be, if you had one last message to share with the body of Christ, what would it be? Hmm. I just want to encourage everybody, fellowship. Don't try to go it alone in, in whatever you're doing in your life. I know it can be hard in different seasons of life, but I just want to encourage everybody, if you don't have a community at the very least find like something maybe some sort of like online community but as far as like church family find something find a bible study to go to even just find one brother or sister to connect with ask the lord to put one person or community in your path ask him and he will do it community is just so important the enemy loves nothing more than to get us isolated and alone because that's where he can really just go to work because when we're isolated and we're alone kind of out we're exposed we're not under a covering or protection that we have when we're a part of a fellowship even if it's just a fellowship with one or two other believers so that's 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 my message get in community even if it's a very small one get that encouragement and that is an epic truthful message that holds weight and holds power because God wants the brothers coming together dwelling in unity having one likeness of mind there's one spirit one truth and one baptism you guys but a diversity of gifts bro iron sharpens iron so one man sharpens another if you're alone you are dull (laughs) in more ways than one rusty (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly we want to be sharp and just cutting the enemy down yes And we can only do that together. Very humble. Yeah, man. It was great, man. I I loved it. I appreciate you uh, inviting me on. I know you guys are doing tons of documentaries and covering some awesome stuff. And and hopefully we'll get to a point in time 
where some weird stuff around PA could be covered. Maybe in, a, maybe <laughs> in like a be... year. We'll see when it happens. Yeah, <laughs> dude. That would be sick, bro. Absolutely. Remember, life is temporary. So keep your eyes on Christ and keep that light lit up. Keep oil in your lamp. Coming to you from southeastern Pennsylvania. God bless America. Goodbye. that yonder in the distance with his garment white as snow with a voice that sounds like thunder walking on the street of gold is a like lightning setting high upon his throne has ten thousand times ten thousand saying we finally made it home glory glory hallelujah praise the Lord city there's a river flowing from God's holy throne where the tree of life is blooming where the head has not been pulled no more tears in that bright city Death will have to flee away. No more sickness, no more heartaches in that land. A perfect day. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. table in that country seated with the saints of old with their troubles far behind them to never suffer anymore I'm going home in the to that land so bright and fair To walk the streets of gold with Jesus In that city built for square Glory, glory, hallelujah Praise the Lamb 
bless the Lord, oh my soul. Yes, bless the Lord.